Overly simplified stress management. Some simple ways to deal with stress. You're listening to Psychologically Speaking, a podcast for anyone interested in understanding how psychology applies to everyday life. Welcome, I'm your host, Dawn Brinkley, and whether you're a student, an educator, or a lifelong learner, I think you'll find this podcast to be educational and entertaining. I'm so excited you're hanging out with me today. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Welcome. I'm so excited you're here today and I am going to start the episode right off with our psychology myth or science topic. As a psychologist and psychology enthusiast, it's my job to dispel some of the myths people often have about psychology. As a true psychology nerd, I'm defending my favorite subject matter against all false claims. Today's psychology myth or science topic, no symptoms equals no stress. An absence of symptoms means you're not experiencing any stress. What do you think? Is that a psychology myth? Or is there empirical evidence that supports this claim? You'll have to stick around to find out. Now, let's dive into this episode. As you know, the pandemic is ongoing. I don't know about you, but I remember the surreal feeling of sitting at home, watching the news during March of 2020, as my family and I were waiting to travel from Georgia to Texas for spring break. It was a time we were really unsure whether we would even be able to fly back. And the feeling of anticipation just throughout the whole of 2020 was something I had never experienced during my lifetime. And I'm sure you probably felt the same way. With that, as we begin 2022, I want to revisit the topic of stress. Last year, I recorded a few episodes talking about stress and stress management and stress in different contexts, but considering the current state of the world, I'd I'd say it's appropriate and timely to continue talking about stress. Also, February is National Heart Health Month, and I think this is a great opportunity to mention stress and some stress relievers as well. As you know, or you might not, this is the second episode of the year. Have I told you how excited I am to be back on the mic talking to you? If you're not aware, I did have, I took a bit of a hiatus. I was gone for a while from September through um, the beginning of the year. I wanted to get up and running in January, but I had technical issues. I lost my laptop. I, um was traveling a lot and just some some stuff. And so now I am back and I am so excited to be back doing something that I really enjoy. And I do hope you are excited to have me back because I really enjoy being here. If you're interested in what I've been up to, be sure to listen to the episode that is was recorded 
early, no, early or late December. I can't remember at the time. I apologize. Um, but in that episode, I catch you up on the latest and greatest from what I've been doing for from the end of September to now. So as we're moving into year two of the pandemic, I was curious as to whether the responses to the 2021 American Psychological Association survey about stress. So they do this survey each year. I was curious as to whether it was the same. So the the responses from the American people were the same as 2021 or if the numbers increased, decreased. I wanted to see what they found this year. And I also wanted to, I want to talk to you about an oversimplified view of stress management that I came across in this very popular TED talk by health psychologist Kelly McGoughanel. I think that's how you say her name. I, I'm so sorry if I'm butchering it. But this talk is so popular. It's one of the most viewed talks on TED Talk with over 28 million views. And then finally, I just want to tell you about some ways you can effectively manage stress and how some heart healthy ways. So they, it's not only um, helping to manage stress, but it's also helpful for your heart. Since 2007, the APA, the American Psychological Association, has conducted a survey about stress in the United States. And this survey, you can look it up online, it asks Americans about specific stressors in their lives, and then the APA reports the percentage of responses to each of the stressors. And so they look at things like stress as it relates to money, family, job, um, living situations and things like that. Responses to the 2020 survey showed that many Americans were adversely affected by the pandemic. No surprise there, right? However, one year later, not much had changed. So when they looked at the, the pandemic was in full bloom 2020, and then when they did the survey again in 2021, not much had changed. Stress and anxiety were problems before the pandemic, but now they are at an all-time high. Also, 66% of Americans report work as a significant source of stress, and this is up 2% from last year. So even though I find that interesting considering like a lot of people, I've been reading in from several sources that a lot of people found different jobs. They left a job that they weren't necessarily satisfied with and moved on to do something else. Several people started their own businesses, yet there's still you know, the percentage of people reporting that employment or work specifically is a significant source of stress has gone up from last year. However, it is a good sign that people are less stressed about things such as money, personal health, the health of family members, and the economy. That, when you think about it from a research perspective, we could think about some correlations. So some things that might be one of the pe reasons people are less stressed about money. Um, maybe it's, you know, the government gave out a lot of money over the, the course of the pandemic in the form of stimulus checks, people. And then you have, um, 
you know, the uh, earned income credits for people, families and things like that. And they rolled out these family plans. And so that could be one of the reasons why people are reporting that they're less stressed about money. It is interesting that people are less stressed about personal health. Um, maybe they are just over it as far as with the pandemic and it's something that they aren't going to worry about. Again, that's just speculation on my part, but I would be interested in following some studies related to why people might be reporting less stress in the way of personal health and health of family members. So overall, again, with stress, work stress is up, but it seems like other stressors people are less worried about. Why would I even care about stress? Like why as a um, behavioral scientist would I even care about stress? Stress can literally kill you. Stress is linked to many illnesses such as high blood pressure, heart disease, strokes, ulcers, depression, back aches, anxiety, and indigestion. People often experience things like indigestion and they typically do not make that connection, mind-body connection with stress. Chronic stress is also associated with maladaptive coping mechanisms like things like drinking, smoking, and overeating. And so again, it's a that whole the mind-body connection because engaging in this behaviors typically can lead, well, they can lead people to other health problems. So you see, it's just a, a vicious cycle and there is some research that suggests a link between stress and cancer. New research, however, it's like it's the a health psychologist, Kelly McGonigal. I think that's how you say her name, guys. Again, I'm so sorry if I'm um, butchering it. Suggest that stress is only bad for you if you believe it to be. When I first saw this TED Talk, I have to admit, I was like, what? This is such a Pollyanna view of stress. And it kind of minimizes the experience, like people that experience chronic stressors, such as poverty and um, discrimination, like those things are real. And so to say that it's only bad for you if you believe it to be is really a Pollyanna view of um, stress. It, now, I can see why you would suggest something like that because it, it is it can help some people because it's estimated that somewhere between 75 to 90% of all people who see a doctor are there for stress-related illnesses. So if you focus on mindset for those people that are in that situation, people where stress is affecting their health, but they aren't experiencing things like chronic stressors, then it can be very helpful to focus on something like, oh, it's only, it only affects you. It's only bad if you view it that way. So her talk is very informative and it's interesting. Um, she actually mentions the idea that oxytocin is a motivator for people seeking support during stressful situations. 
her argument with that is that stress shouldn't get such a bad rap because it does help um, increase oxytocin production, which oxytocin is referred to, often referred to as the love hormone, if you're familiar with that at all. And so I agree with research findings suggesting that how we respond to and think about stress is critical to our overall well-being. Now that I definitely agree with and stress management is an area that we can all do, you know, it's a place where we can all do better when you think about that whole mind-body connection thing. So it's an area where psychologists, um, people like myself who are in the health and wellness industry, we can help our clients when we help them to focus on perception. So how they perceive their stressful situation and then the give them the tools to help manage those stressful situations. On that note, then I would also encourage you to try to change your mindset and think about things differently when contemplating and experiencing challenging situations, challenging lifestyle changes. Again, not this Pollyanna toxic positivity view, but just focus on a different view of the situation because we do need to keep in mind that for individuals who experience chronic stressors such as discrimination just helping them or telling suggesting that they think about stress differently might be viewed as a Pollyanna cure-all it's kind of like if you've seen those commercials I believe it's I'm not sure I think they're advertising that individuals who experience mental health issues get help as opposed to taking advice from their friends and family members that are just like, you know, oh, think happy thoughts or it's because you're a Leo. So they're, you know, they're getting all kinds of crazy advice, like just fix it advice as opposed to suggesting that the people actually seek help. Some of the effects of stress, you know, with this pandemic, it's forced us to try to keep up. So try to keep up, try to keep going in a world that's constantly changing. And because of that, you know, we might be overwhelmed. And so even the most basic tasks and decisions, you know, something as simple as decision making might feel impossible. But of course, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, the negative effects of stress are well documented and not everyone automatically has the tools or knowledge to manage stress, but there are things that we can learn. There are things that individuals such as your um, psychologist, your counselor, your uh, health and wellness advisor can suggest. But we want to focus on things like eating the right foods and supplements and exercising properly, getting enough sleep. That is a big, big deal. Um, getting enough sleep, trying to have a work-life balance and balancing work and relaxation and just 
nurturing your um, mental health. That is something that can be a big help in managing the um, effects of stress. So when we talk about stress and how it is related to heart health, with this being National Heart Health Month, there are some things that you can do to um, just stress less for healthier heart, to have a healthier heart. We know that stress happens. We can't avoid it. Not all stress is bad, but you you can change how you respond to it. And if you do change how you respond to it, then it's going to help you feel better and feel healthier. It's important that you pay attention to your body and notice your stress response. Ongoing stress is not just, it affects more than just your heart. And so it's really linked to your nervous system and hormones in your body. Recall I mentioned the oxytocin um, hormone. And so although you might not see a connection, if you go to see a doctor, they might not ask you about stress because sometimes even they don't see the connection. So it's important that you try to listen to your body while you're thinking about what might be happening in your life. So what might I be experiencing that's making me um, have this reaction? Because we know research, there's plenty of research out there that tells us ongoing. So to have your body in that constant state, ongoing stress is not healthy and it can uh, make you more likely to develop heart disease or cardiovascular disease. You can focus on doing things to relax. Some things like muscle relaxation exercise. Exercise is where you tighten individual muscles in your body and then release the tension. You can start at the base of your body, so your feet. So something as simple as like curling and uncurling your toes so that you can um, experience that muscle relaxation, release, breathe and release where you're holding any tension in your body. Of course, you'll always hear me advocate for meditation. This is one of the most studied approaches for dealing with stress. And there's a, so many ways that you can engage in meditation. You can do guided meditations. I offer um, guided meditations. Again, I'm seriously thinking about including some of these at like the start or ending of my um, episodes where I come on to talk to you guys on a weekly basis. You can have um, visualization. Visualization helps if you're a very visual person. I did not realize how visual I was until I actually started practicing yoga. I always said I was a visual person, but until I started practicing yoga and doing um, visualization is when I really realized and tapped into that 
ability and realized how visual a person I was. When I say visualization, that is a form of visualization that's referred to as um, guided imagery. And so it's very similar to meditation in that it is focused on relaxing and calming and just being in a peaceful mood but you're adding the imagery there. Depending on what the individual that is leading the guided imagery session has you focus on, they might have you to imagine that you're sitting on the beach or somewhere like that. Deep breathing is a great thing that you can do anytime, anywhere. You'll want to focus on inhaling and exhaling. Inhaling as deep as you can, inhaling your air all the way up to your collarbones and then focus on possibly making your exhales longer than your inhales. The idea is that you want to take your breath slow and deep, let your stomach and chest expand and repeat this a few times and this can help to calm your um, nervous system. If you don't have time to do something really involved, just focus on uh, getting relaxed. This is how you can manage your stress. Again, we're not talking about being completely stress-free. That's impossible. But you want to find ways that you can manage your stress. So if you're short on time, for example, you might listen to music during your lunch break, take a stretch after having a good warm shower. If you like nature, maybe walk around the block, your block or something like that. Catch a sunrise or a sunset. I know for me, I love like the stillness and quiet between night and dawn. So between night and daybreak, I just love that moment. It's so serene and peaceful for me and it really helps me to relax. So finding healthy relaxation exercises is a great way to protect your heart. Today, we're talking about stress, but also keep in mind that you want to de-stress, but it's also important that you have other healthy habits like eating nutritious food, moving, getting more exercise, sleep. You'll hear me talk about sleep a lot, and it's important. We are social animals, so it's important that you have a strong social support system to help you out as well. These are tips that are suggested from the National Institute of Health. Also, though, you want to be mindful of whether it's more than just stress. So this kind of, it brings me back to the commercials where people are telling these individuals that they know something is wrong with them, but they have people around them saying, oh, just smile or no, it's just because you're just having a bad day. You know how you're feeling. So if you're experiencing something that you're having difficulty, you might be feeling overwhelmed, you feel like you can't cope, it's hard to function, and this goes on for an extended period of time, I advise you to seek 
professional help and find someone who can help you. There are some great resources available from the National Institute of Mental Health, so the NIMH. Teladoc is a great resource, but just know if you've listened to me, you have heard me stress the importance of the mind-body connection, and part of that is knowing what's going on inside you and noticing when something is not quite right. And so if you're in tune with your body, you're able to recognize that. But it all does start with managing your stress. If you know your stress response and how your body responds, then you can also determine the little nuances between, okay, this is just a stressful moment for me versus no, this is something that, something much more that I'm dealing with. I hope I have given you some good tips today on stress management, the effects of stress, how stress connects to your heart health, some great ways that you can try to manage your stress. Just keep in mind stress is unavoidable. Not all stress is bad. How you perceive stress can also affect how you respond or how your body responds. And the most important thing or a very important thing is to know that. Know when it's more than just stress. That brings us to today's psychology or myth topic. Today's psychology myth or science topic, an absence of symptoms equates to an absence of stress. By now we know that this is definitely a myth. In fact, camouflaging symptoms with medication may deprive you of those signals that I was referring to that you need for reducing the strain on your body. So both your physiological, so how your body reacts and the psychological systems in your body, that mind-body connection once again. Many of us experience symptoms of stress in a very physical way. When you are visiting your doctor and you are mentioning some symptoms, it's very important for you to know how stress affects your body. Because again, if, you, if you're reporting for something and the doctor is not actually focused on stress, they might miss something. And to no fault of their own, they are trained professionals. They do know what they are doing. But again, we are the managers of our temple. Our body is our temple. We are the occupant of that. And so it's up to us to know when something just doesn't feel right. Many of us experience symptoms of stress in a very physical way, even though stress is a psychological effect. That's why it's important to, when your body does start changing and you're not sure why you're starting to feel certain things that you possibly have not felt before, it's important to think about what might be going on in your life that could be stressful or you might be experiencing as a form of stress. Feeling anxious, shortness of breath, or simply feeling run down and fatigued all the time can all be physical symptoms of stress. Some common psychological symptoms of stress include feeling overwhelmed, disorganized, and having difficulty concentrating. And I cannot stress 
it enough the whole the whole mind body connection thing when we're experiencing something mentally it can definitely manifest as a physical symptom consider this you must learn to let go release the stress you were never in control anyway steve maraboli life the truth and being free I love that quote. How often do we have to be reminded that we're not in control and we never were. We never will be. (laughs) We like to think that we are, but for the most part, meh, stuff happens. (laughs) That concludes this episode of Psychologically Speaking. Be sure to visit my blog at drbemindful.com for some useful self-help tips and highlights of the podcast episode. I encourage you to invite a friend to listen. I certainly welcome your suggestions and feedback at dawnb at drbmindful.com or you can post them using the contacting link on the blog. Also, if you would like to schedule a complimentary wellness session with me, you can also reach me at dawnb at drbmindful.com. I would love to talk to you about your wellness goals. As always guys, thanks for hanging out with me.